0: In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins Three, two, one. 3, 2, 1.
1: Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast, uh, like, what's the dog that's, like, a seeing eye dog is the one and only
0: Travis Ratz.
1: (laughs) Uh, On the Comic Exposure Podcast, we talk comic books, we bring guests on, and we read graphic novels, and we do, like, little comic book club with them. Other episodes, we shoot the crap, interview some people in comics, and uh, just talk about what's going
0: on in the world of funny books. I like to consider us comic book journalists at this point. Comic book journalists, yeah, I, I think, I, I we're, I think we're part of the scene now. I think we're part of the co- comic book media review scene, which is huge. Which is hu- huge.
1: Yeah, we're, we're like we're like a, a tiny, like a like a, a a spit in a in an ocean.
0: Oh, I'd, I'd say we're at least six inches.
1: <laughs> well, you know, six that's, inches that's, of comic that's book average reviewing that's glory.
0: That's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> of course, you would be. Yeah. Uh,
1: so. This episode, we're going to talk about a couple things. We've got an interview later in the show. This is not a comic book club episode, uh, but this is a a variant edition, as we
0: like to call mm-hmm. them. So uh, on this variant Foil edition, cover. we got What? Foil cover, variant edition. Foil cover, yeah. yeah. It's
1: like uh, vent, vent... What is it called? When it's like venticular, right? Ooh, I don't know that. And it does one Ooh, thing. is
0: that what that's called? I think so. Something like that. So you learn something new every day, folks. There you go.
1: All right. So on today's podcast, let's start uh you finish up daredevil did you finish up i daredevil?
0: did I, I i watched it really quick i watched it all that weekend it came out
1: Oh, um, you, you binged the Oh, i binged button.
0: it yeah it was it was kind of a slow weekend for me and uh i so busy yeah well, i was working from home that friday and so working from home for me means answering emails on my couch while daredevil's playing in the background
1: all right, all right. So I don't want to get too into it, but let's give me your give me your uh, your quick and dirty response, your Van Buren Avenue response.
0: Yeah. To, uh, um, not as good as the first season. Still on its own, uh, a really great series. I like the direction it went in. I thought that it stayed true to the tone it set in the first uh, se- uh, first season. I thought that the fight scenes. Uh, built upon what they did last year and they were able to top some of what they did even though there might have been too many fight scenes I thought that um, the Punisher was freaking awesome uh, he's definitely like I think the best portrayal of Punisher I've seen at least in my opinion uh, Electra I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with that storyline it seemed kind of forced in there because well with Daredevil it means we have to have Electra I think he could have waited a couple more seasons whatever it is to put that in there uh, I like the courtroom stuff. We finally got to see them yeah. in the courtroom doing more in the courtroom. Um, well, you got
1: to see everybody but Matt Murdock do you see Matt, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, I thought that uh, Karen Page's character didn't like as much this season. Since when? I, I don't even know if she has a college degree, but yet she is basically a lawyer which I'm pretty sure is illegal to without passing the bar to do some of the stuff that she was doing. And two, when she gets tired of being a lawyer, I'll just go over and, and, and write for a major newspaper and well, get my the own office.
1: that She like had a relationship
0: with the guy there. You if know what I mean? was a reporter at that newspaper, I would be flipping my shit. I would be like, this bitch just walked in off the street and she gets a big office in the corner. I'm in a cubicle yeah, writing yeah, like, I obituaries. paid <laughs> my dues. I got you.
1: I got you. Uh, so my, my my thoughts on it. Uh, I disagree with you. I think it was better than season one. I think it was better than season one. Uh, I love seeing Daredevil in the costume for the whole thing. I like that they switched the costume because he had like a weird pig face with the first set. Of mm-hmm. co- like I, There's something squish-faced about it, like a pug face. So I think the new helmet, much, much better. Uh, I was waiting forever for him to get the billy club, like the one with the little thing on right. it with a whip and it finally came in at the end and so uh i was happy about that i'm gonna agree with you maybe a little too many like not too many
0: fight scenes but like just ninja after ninja but it was pretty rad to watch him beat up a bunch of ninjas right so you thought it was better than the... see i didn't like having him in the costume as much um oh i loved him in the costume i liked the uh the kind of i like the kind of ninja outfit he had in the first one what did you, like... you think of electra uh, I actually liked Electra. I didn't like where her storyline.
1: They juggled three storylines. They juggled the storyline of, of Matt and his build up of being Daredevil, the Punisher storyline, and the Electra storyline. Right? They're, they're yeah. like three things, and I, I think the weirdest part is that Daredevil took a back seat in his own show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they did the same thing. Uh, with jessica jones a little bit for those couple episodes when you when you had luke cage in there i just felt like they shoved luke cage in there and i'm not really sure why except that luke cage is gonna have his own show
0: which does not look good
1: i don't i don't i don't know i will see i haven't seen anything about it but uh i uh daredevil um I, i thought they did the frank stuff really well i don't really like the colonel being the bad guy it kind of came out of nowhere but i can accept it because i think that they'll go into it if they do his own series with it right and i don't think i don't think they could wait to do electra because how many how you don't know how many seasons you're going to get of this
0: um so i liked her thing i just thought you didn't get any answers about the giant hole in a building i know electra is a big part of certain daredevil runs but i don't think just because we associate something with a character means we have to feel that we can have to shoehorn it into a series or yeah. a, a different media of it you know um like we haven't seen bullseye yet and when you think of daredevil you think of bullseye
1: uh fist coming back hold oh, that was great oh, I didn't yeah, even he think he was great. gonna be in it me either. like i totally didn't see that and then once you see him and in, in uh come out and he's there and i'm like oh like you see him pumping iron yeah and i was like oh my god Oh, it was so great. That was probably the best reveal of the whole thing. It was
0: really great, the conversations between him and the Punisher.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I think you're right, probably the best Punisher. Um, So, without getting too much into it, you liked it, maybe not as much as Season 1. I think I liked it more than Season 1. But overall, great. But don't get me wrong,
0: yeah, I think it's great. I loved it. I I, I watched it so quickly. Uh, And I'm excited for the next season. Like I'm, I'm super sad that there's no more daredevil for me to watch. I know that's part of like part of this Netflix thing where
1: I watched it in probably about a week, it took us about a week to watch it. Probably an episode a night plus maybe, you know, a couple days where we did two episodes. Um, but now you have to wait so long, but when you're watching a show week to week, sometimes it sucks because it's week to week. But it's an experience that's like months long, right, right. like you know whatever uh like the far along I am the flash or however far along I am in The Walking Dead this season, like I could just watch it in a week and then go like, oh crap, now I've gotta wait a whole year to watch it again, but uh I thought it was really good, I thought it was really good, I really liked it um, so it is Easter right now, travis? Yeah, it is. It's you, like literally it's right now. It, right now, it is literally Easter. Yeah, I
0: don't have kids, and I'm not religious, so this is a, a holiday they could easily pass me by without me knowing. Yeah, that's um, what I figured. I didn't, I, you know,
1: I, <laughs> I wasn't sure. Like, did you start your day with jelly beans today? Because it's Easter. Does that how eat? people start their Easter? no? I'm that just asking seems you. Really unhealthy. No, <laughs> no, because like you're a single man. Like, how do you how do you celebrate Easter? Do you just like eat uh, eat jelly beans in your underwear while you watch television all I day? I did
0: eat eggs for breakfast. And that seems normal. <laughs> I went to the gym, did a little Easter pump, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, my mom sends me an Easter card. She used to do Easter baskets for me when I was a kid, so I still get an Easter card. I'm oh. not, like, humbugging Easter. What did you do?
1: Uh, we uh, we went to church this morning. Then we had brunch at my in-law's
0: house. Uh, lots of food, lots of eggy stuff and baskets and all that goodness. Speaking of Easter, uh, yes. as far as the pantheon of Mythical holiday creatures, you know your Santa Clauses, yeah. your your uh, tooth fairies. Tooth fair. uh, where do you think the Easter Bunny stacks up? Uh, if you were, if as far as if you had to pitch like a mythical holiday creature, you know leprechauns and things like that. Like how how does the Easter Bunny stack up against the others?
1: How like I guess it depends on how big is the Easter Bunny, right? Is he just a normal sized bunny? No. Because if, if he's just a normal-sized bunny, he's down, on, he's down on the list of, like, the ranking system of, of, of creatures. But he does deliver you a basket filled with candy and some gifts. Much better than a leprechaun, who you're only lucky if you catch a leprechaun, right? The Easter Bunny does his deal every day. But I'm more frightened of a leprechaun, and I think it's because of those movies right. compared, well, compared the to, like, East, an actual problem Easter, with the bunny.
0: Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny doesn't really – I don't understand how his power base works. He shits you know, out Easter eggs. Yeah, well, I, I don't I, I'm not sure. Does he or does he just know. like throw them around like a freaking Johnny Appleseed of of, of 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 eggs and jelly beans? Santa Claus, there's some backstory to that. You know, different mythos. Leprechauns, you know, gold, rainbow, magic. Uh, that's fine. Tooth Fairy, okay, she somehow gets. What does her, she do with all those teeth though? That's, she consumes them. That's her power base. <laughs> she eats children's teeth. Yeah, that's freaking scary, man. The bunny can't even talk. Can the bunny even talk? I don't know. I don't like this. I don't know. I, don't I think know. I, I put the Easter bunny on the lower end of the totem pole when it comes to mythical holiday creatures.
1: I can hear I can feel that. So yeah. let's flip.
0: Let's flip the script. We're All talking right, let's about talk Easter. About, let's talk about Two Fairies some more.
1: <laughs> it's Easter. We, we decided that we'd throw a question out to. Uh, the uh the uh comic exposure listening audience we posted a couple different places you and i talked about this it's easter sunday so resurrection Mm -hmm. so our question that we threw out to people and that you and i decided to talk about for a little bit today is if you could resurrect or bring back any comic book series team comic book what would it be and who would the creative team be right so I want to know.
0: I wanna, what did they I say? S- what did the fans say first? What
1: did, okay, fans say first. All right, so let me let me pull up. So I've got a couple of them here. Uh, I just had it, but now I don't have it. Isn't that good? That's quality stuff. One
0: second. No! I guess I, guess right. I can go first if you're looking yeah, for Yeah, you
1: in. go first while I look for these. Here's then I'll the just thing, you. Josh.
0: Uh, I've seen your post, um, okay. and you really picked two things. And the problem I- is because... One of them is very close to what I would pick.
1: Okay, so I just want – let's hear yours then. Let's okay. you go first. All right, and then I'll I go first. I'm
0: going gonna, I'm gonna to take it since you have uh, a couple options. So okay. I went back and forth on this, and I originally had a different story. But I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe I don't want to see that. It was pretty close to Josh's Superboy pitch back in the day. So I switched around, and I went to resurrect the comic book series Kazar by Marvel.
1: You want to go Kazar?
0: I want to go Kazar. <laughs> now, hear me out on this. Okay. I'll give you my team in a second. Kazar, for those of you who are uninitiated to cool comic book characters, is Marvel's Tarzan. He lives in the Savage Land. The Savage Land, as we all know, is a world that exists under Antarctica. It was put there by aliens. It's a jungle world where dinosaurs exist, and there's talking reptiles and all manner of beasts, and Kazar is an orphaned English boy uh, that was left there. Now, there's two different versions of Kazar in Marvel. One was from, like, the 1930s Timely Comics, Um, and his name was Kazar, and he's basically, you know, a Tarzan character. And uh, then... Uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby repurposed them for like the night, the X Men nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies run. You know where? So the X Men could just show up there and be like, "Oh hey, yeah, we're in, in like Savage pre- Land." Story, savage Land. Now, capturing my imagination. Here's what I want. I love Edgar Rice Burroughs Tarzan. If you've ever read okay. the, the original Tarzan series by Edgar Rice Burroughs, it's like dark. It's got some edge to it. It's not that freaking Disney crap there is some like real hardcore stuff going on there as far as hierarchy and laws of the jungle and survival. So in my Khazar, I'm bringing it back to its roots. First of all, it does take place in the Savage Land. I'm not going to take it out of there. That gives us that yep. nice jungle feeling. However, there won't be an open portal back and forth to the real world. Khazar is a creature of the Savage Land. He will okay. have his, his saber tooth tiger, Zabu, with him. Okay. But it opens up like this. Okay, so we open it up, and Kazar, uh, his wife, uh, Shauna, has been killed. Right, <laughs> can be killed off screen. We don't know why. And Kazar is on the hunt for revenge for the person who killed his wife. So, uh, meanwhile, it's going to be a flashback. So it's gonna be a flashback story that tells kind of like the the history of Khazar and you know how he got to his wife, but I don't wanna I don't wanna deal with the wife stuff. I want a man on revenge. A bloodthirsty savage in a savage land <laughs> out to hunt revenge. And who is he hunting against? Of course the savage land's biggest villain. Do you know who that is, Josh? I do not. What? Who is it? Sauron. The parrot like parad- from like from Lord of the Rings? Uh, no, like the giant pterodactyl green-looking lizard dude with, like, wings and a loincloth, and you can talk. So there's of all these different tribes in Savage Lands, all these tribes of humans and, like, cavemen and Neanderthals, and Sauron is the leader of this brutal tribe, and they has a history with the czar, and he's the big bad. He just comes some sloppy, savage pterodactyl who's wise as well and cunning, <laughs> a cunning, a cunning opponent. And so we take are uh, our, our trekked through the revenge-filled Savage Land to revenge his wife. That's the first long story arc where you build up, I'm talking Conan, Tarzan, all within that uh, world, grit. And later, if the series goes on, I would allow one person, no, there will be one person who enters the Savage Land and is on this quest for revenge is also uh-huh. another brick wall. Can you guess who that person is, Josh? I would just. I, I crave in the is
1: that correct, Craven the Hunter? That's correct,
0: sir. Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter is the only person who somehow was allowed to get into the Savage Land. I'm thinking maybe he worked with his father on the original. I'm thinking he worked with the fa- his father, Kazar's father, on the original journey to the Savage Land where his father got killed. And okay. so that was his partner and it had to deal with him. Maybe uh, there's some foul play involved. Anyways, okay. Craven the Hunter is in the Savage Land looking for the most free. Sh- ferocious beast, of course, sees Kazar as the ultimate... The most ferocious yeah, beast. Predator, yeah. So like that, that that will be stopped in the quest for revenge. Now, my creative team. This took a lot of thought. So, okay. let's go with... Uh, who you want to write first? Writer or artist? Give me Writer first. Okay, Writer, I want, I want a guy who's familiar with Marvel, alright? I okay. want a guy who's f- familiar with Marvel, has worked in Marvel, but at the same time has an independent sensibility so he can take that the, the feeling of Marvel, make it his own, make it independent. So I'm going Rick Remender on this. I'm okay, going Rick, Rick Remender. Remender. He has, he has, he has familiarity, familiarity working in the X-World with X-Force and you know, all those uh, titles. Hmm. But he's also written like Lowe, Tokyo Ghost, um, Fear Agent. So he knows how to create his own world. And he's got grit, right? He, he, he's not afraid to go dark places. He's got snappy dialogue. I, so I'm going Rick Remender on this as, as my choice. For all my right. artist... Uh, This was tough. I wanted some. I really want the jungle to be a part of this too. So I was thinking Mm -hmm. someone who has good backgrounds, but I also want to be kind of sketchy as well. So So I went. Sean Sean Murphy. No, (laughs) I did not go Sean Murphy. I was (laughs) recommending to Tokyo Ghost Team. No, I went Raphael Albuquerque. Oh, Uh, good. Raphael Albuquerque, uh, probably best known for um, American Vampire. His run on that with Zack Snyder. You know, he's he's taken over Batgirl. Is he? they That'd just announced
1: uh they just announced dc um the dc panel they did it uh oh crap whatever WonderCon that he's gonna do the art for batgirl
0: i saw some of the sketches of batgirl online now that i'm thinking of it you, yeah that makes sense i i mean i like it it's an interesting take on it um i want him because I, I like he leaves the lines in there like we talked about Sean yeah. i like that style and i also want it to be gritty as well colors Okay. I'm going colors on this as you well. You added colors, too. I added colors. I want something that's going to bring the jungle to life, that the colors really need to be a character in themselves. And okay. we know no one does that any better than our boy Matt Hollingsworth from our book Witches. You know, he's able to, like, uh-huh. set the tones of that. He works with dark colors. He can bring out those greens of the jungle. With Raphael Arbuquerque's uh, sketchy lines, I think we got ourselves a winning team here. Ooh. Covers. <laughs> I want covers, baby. Now the covers are gonna be a big port because people aren't gonna want people aren't gonna want to pick up Kazam a Kazar at, at first. Uh, so I gotta get nice covers. So what I'm gonna do is I'm pulling the 75 year old artist. I got his name written down here. Um, his name is Boris Villarjo. Boris Villarjo did all those Conan covers in the 1960s of the Sword <laughs> of Conan. He's a yeah. painter from Peru. He's 75 years old. He's still alive and kicking. Let's get his ass out of retirement, get him to do some sweet-ass Kazar paintings, and then have <laughs> Rick Remender and uh, Raphael um, uh, Albuquerque doing some kick-ass art and story on the inside.
1: You went all out with this, yeah. man. I think you put way more effort into it than I'm going to, which is good <laughs> because— you went long because you went long on that discussion. <laughs> so here's here's mine. Uh, yes, you want to do you want to do people uh, we'll yours first. Uh, listeners. No, we we'll do yours. First.
0: No, we'll, we'll do yours.
1: All right. So here's mine. You took you have you took something very close to mine. So I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I know that's what I was thinking.
0: You had two choices first, though.
1: Yeah, my first choice is always Kamandi. Kamandi is always my first choice. Yeah. I desperately want them to bring him back, but that's okay. We'll go something different. here's, here's my other choice. I would love to see an old defender series. And not Luke Cage Iron Fist Defenders, but Namor, The Silver Surfer, Hulk, and Doctor Strange. Ooh, like the most like the weirdest group of people ever, that original group of defenders. That's what I want. Uh and I just like I feel those guys, um they they have such weird powers and it's such a weird complement to each other, right? You've got like the brainless hulk who just smashes stuff you've got like the magic using doctor strange you've got watery namor and you've got the silver surfer like th- this enigma in outer space right right and uh a couple years ago i had gotten a classic Defenders series and read through it and I-, I love how bizarre and out there it is so i'd love to have that i'd love that to happen now jason aaron who can do no wrong who right. is like killing it in Marvel right now is doing the current uh, Doctor Strange series and he's fantastic at it. Great. I would love him to go, you know what? I'm going to take this Doctor Strange that he's been working with and throw him in this team book and have him write this Defender series with Namor and Silver Surfer and all
0: that. I'd like to do that. I'd like to see his take on Silver Surfer alone. Just to, I mean, yeah. that'd be, I would, I'd be interested to see how he would. That's a tough character to write, I it think, is. but it could be a really cool character
1: yeah uh and then for art uh i'm gonna take an indie artist uh nick patera or patara i'm not really really sure how you pronounce it he did the artwork on manhattan projects which was a book with uh hickman you love that
0: shit i I, that's like right up your aisle i was looking at manhattan projects when i was thinking about my artist and i opened it up to remind myself the art looked like i'm like oh this is so josh this is so (laughs) So josh
1: Nick Vitara's art is like a mix between uh, Rugrats and Jeff Darrow, right? Oh, it like, is
0: very Rugrats, yeah.
1: <laughs> right? He's got this weird sort of ugly, it's ugly.
0: Yeah. It's this weird, ugly sketchiness to it. People but always it have like, me... like marks, poch marks on their faces yeah. and stuff.
1: And it reminds me a lot of – it does remind me a lot of, like, uh, how Jeff Darrow spends so much time, like, and there's so much detail in some of the stuff he does. And so I think he'd be a cool guy to kind of bring in all those different roles. Right? I'd like to see him do some magic. He did some of that weird sci-fi stuff in, in Manhattan Projects. So I'd like to see him run with that and just do this bizarro, crazy, you know, this real 60s, 70s, psychedelic Defender series with those guys. I think that'd be good. That That's my pick.
0: That's my pick. I like so, it, yeah. Now, uh, who would you get to do Kate Comandi?
1: Kate Comandi, um, you know what? I had I talked about – I put it up online. I said I'd want uh, Hickman to do it because Hickman has done some really kind of bizarro out
0: there stories, and mm-hmm. I, I'd love to see him run in that world. He'd make it uh, like and, humorous too, I think. He could make it humorous. He could take it yeah. – would you take it in a humorous route like a – like a goofy take on it like what was no your take i
1: don't want here? a goofy i don't yeah. want a goofy i want it like as bizarro as possible i really want someone to run with that with that world uh that that kirby made uh and then on art uh we read um uh apocalyptic girl mm-hmm. by andrew mclean and that's who i'd want to do the art on it he kind of has this sort of uh this vibe of um uh, mignola right so I'd like to see it's kind of this really cartoony take on it. He's like his head lopper series on image right now. I love it. Mm. It's beautiful. Uh, so I'd love to see. I think that pairing would be kind of cool to see that happen. Also, who had a pitch for Kid Commandi? Uh, Sean Aldridge, uh, the writer of uh, the Dark and Bloody out on Vertigo Comics, posted something today on Twitter about Commandy, And I was like, all right. what?" He's like, I'm probably number 890 something in line with the, with the, with the Commandy pitch. And so I said, give me your elevator pitch for Commandy." I tweeted this to him. And he goes, in a world filled with savages and intelligent animals, a teenage boy must find his place and his identity while trying to find some semblance of humanity or something like that, just off the top of my head. And I said, and he said, and more or less, it's about what makes us human. And I said, all well, and I tweeted him back. I'm like, all with the help of a humanoid dog. Named uh,
0: Doctor Canis <laughs> and so how uh, would he feel about doing a Kazar title?
1: I, I'll, I'll tweet him out. Tweet him that, about, you know, say, "Listen, Kazar.
0: kick Mandy's off the table. We don't have the rights to it, but we can get you in the Marvel writing the Kazar book the with the same book. elevator pitch. You change that dog to a freaking saber toothed tiger, and you got some dark and bloody, dark and bloody, dark and <laughs> bloody. You know how it is.
1: We've got we've got some people in the internet verse who've got some stuff for us. they would like to see happen." So you want me. to hear what they've got? Hit me. Here's what we got. I got uh, Ryan Manuk. Ryan Manuk. Manuk. I don't know. The how you Manuk.
0: Say it. The Nook. The Nook. Ma- the Nook. <laughs> so, what's, all Ryan, Manuk- what's all? Rydog Dog got?
1: Rye Dog wants to see a a, a, a Blue Beetle series. Uh, Jamie oh. Reyes Blue Beetle series. Okay. Pre new pre new fifty two. Uh, drawn uh, written by Bendis and drawn by uh, Jim Chong. Chang Chwang Chwang.
0: What would Jim you, Chang. What what take would you go on the Blue Beetle? Could you could you do a serious take on the blue beetle or do you have to do kind of like a Ant-Man style kind kind of blue beetle? I think
1: you could and- do a serious take on. I think you do like you can really run when you do uh Jamie Reyes kind of you can run that whole sort of like um hard knocks kind of kid trying to deal with like I've got this ability and this ability is so far out there and not me and I think that that kind of gives you something cool to run with mm-hmm. like the problems of of like uh, of this this technological thing that's taking over you while you're trying to deal with just being a you know a, a you know down not necessarily down on your luck like Ant Man mm. but kind of like a hard knocks kid kind of kind of way to do with it. Uh, we also have like uh, someone wanted to bring uh, Manuke still want, he wants to bring back the Iron Fist series that uh, Fraction Brubaker and Aja did. He'd like to he'd like to bring that right. one back, okay. the Immortal Iron Fist. I uh, never read I guess, that,
0: but um, I heard good things about it.
1: Uh, Jason Verdugo wants to bring back Jim Lee and Chris Claremont uh, for X Men. He's like, I just, just wants back. He just wants yeah, X Men. back. Someone's
0: trying to recapture their childhood here.
1: <laughs> he just wants. Well, he just wants it back. Uh, another. I want it back. In, I want it back. No, I want it back now. Um, let's I see. I did like
0: me some Jim Lee. Do you think Jim Lee can go back and do the X Men the same way he was doing them in ninety one, or do you think, think so. his art style has? Has changed so much that even if he tried to recapture that, it would be tough.
1: No, I think it'd still look a lot like it. I just think that I like. I don't think you can write that way anymore. I, I just don't think it's the same. I don't think it works as well in 2016. Like comics has evolved from the 90s, but right. I, I get wanting that same sort of team back because the X Men's kind of a mess right now. So I can and see
0: designs he... were pretty badass. I yeah, lots of pockets.
1: Yeah, uh, another guy, Mike uh, Mychek I don't know. It says he wants a Hawkman story.
0: Mike check one, two.
1: Yeah. Mike massage. I don't know how you say it. Mike, Mike, our guy, Mike uh, wants to bring back Hawkman. Uh, he'd like to see uh, uh, Morrison, Grant Morrison write it. Uh, Tony Daniel on art. Uh, we've got someone uh, Anthony Coogs, the Coogs, the wants wants the preacher, wants Preacher back. Ugh. I don't know how Preacher ends, so I, can you bring it back? I've never ah. read the ending of it.
0: I, I, you know, it's a near and dear to my heart, and of course, I thought about it for resurrecting it for my title. But it's one of those things where I was just like, I just, it's so, I, I, I it's so sacred to me that I just, I don't want anyone to fuck. Like, it's what the they did with the Watchmen. Remember when they, they redid, yeah, they brought back yeah. the Watchmen, and Before they got some good reviews. Uh, but I'm just like, leave it, leave it alone, leave it alone. I'm with you, buddy. I, I I'm with you. I want to see it. Is this Coogs? I yeah, wanna s want to see it too, Coogs, but some some things once re seen can't be unseen. And uh I'm hoping to scratch my preacher itch with the series coming out. I TV got two series. more to do quick and then yeah. we'll
1: pitch to our interview to end it up. So we got CJ Valenzuela says so she wants to bring back uh the amazing Spider-Man team with Todd McFarlane on it. She mm-hmm. wants like the old that eighties, nineties kind of Todd McFarlane run on uh on Spider Man with Eric Larson. Uh when when they like she said, uh, like issues 300 to 400 of Spider Man, she wants to bring that stuff back. That would be her. But she'd like to resurrect that team to do that again. Uh, and then I've got uh, our buddy Brent Jackson, Scrappy Don't 27. Oh, yeah. Brent Jackson says he'd want a Werewolf by Night series. He wants Scott Snyder draw, uh, writing it and then Declan Shelby on art. And Declan Shelby is the jam. So anything you would write, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely check out.
0: So there, there's our there's uh, some good ones in there. There's some yeah, good we got ones some good there.
1: stuff. Some serious resurrections. Like just give me back this this chunk of nostalgia. Yeah. And then some. I want to see. I Re-imagined. want this brought back. Yeah.
0: With with new stuff. So well, it's like it's like what you know when you go into the Lazarus pit and you try to resurrect something. You can put something that you loved in there, but when it comes out, it's not changed. gonna be the same. It's yeah, changed. It's gonna be different. Are you watching the Arrow? Is that what's going on? <laughs> So uh, I bet the Lazarus Pit is in everything now.
1: I I love the Lazarus pitch, uh, Pit. It's a fantastic
0: device. It sounds it like they're going that way in Daredevil season two too. Is like their their Marvel Lazarus Pit.
1: Whatever that whatever that giant yeah. uh, pot is, it's like a giant vase. We gotta Put Electra get in there. we gotta get Electra back somehow, right? With the blood of some junkies in there, and she'll come back. <laughs> It'll be good. We got we got an interview, man. this, yeah, is So packed up. We what, what we
0: got? Who we got? Who we got, we got on the- uh,
1: so Alex uh, Schumacher is going to be on uh, is on the show. So I, I interviewed him about a week ago uh, to talk about some of the work he does. He's a cartoonist, uh, an artist. Dude's an all around renaissance man. He writes some short stories. He does some poetry. You name it. He he's like uh like pounding the ground, making it happen. So uh, we had a- uh, Alex Schumacher on. You can find him on Twitter at AJ Schumacher Art. Uh, he's uh, I brought him on to talk about uh, one of the pieces of work he's doing is. Uh, decades of inexperience uh kind of like not quite a comic book but an illustrated prose i guess is the best way to do it there's like some straight up prose with some illustration with it he pitched it to me as like uh adult storybook Mm -hmm. like an adult picture book i I guess i would do it uh i really enjoyed reading it i went back and read it uh i I had him on we talked about it we're gonna talk about a little bit uh and then he has a uh he's gonna have a um a kickstarter coming out uh, he's doing a book with Underbelly Comics, uh, or Underbelly Press. I can't remember. It's, uh, I say it right in the interview, so you see that one. Uh, and it's called The Guitarist, so it's like, uh... I saw uh, some
0: pages from that. It like, looks pretty crazy. Like,
1: yeah, like Elvis splitting stuff. Yeah, with, uh, it's it's pretty zany. guitar. Yeah, it's pretty zany. It looks good. Uh, so he's on the show. We're gonna talk to him for a little bit. Uh, so let's pitch to the interview. Here it is. Three, two, one... Alright, uh, we've got interviewed here today. We've got Alex uh, Schumacher, right? Am I saying it right?
2: That is right, sir.
1: Alright, Alex Schumacher is here with us today. He's going to talk about uh, some of his his upcoming work, some work he's got out right now. And uh, I'm going to kind of give him the the third degree about being an, uh, an independent comic artist. So, is that is that cool? Can we do that?
2: I'm married. I'm used to the third degree. Alright, me too. Fantastic. So. <laughs> Alright, so
1: Alex, I wanted to start really quick. Um, you had sent me a couple things. I looked at some of your stuff and, and I wanted to start with, uh, you've got something coming out called the guitarist, right? Yes. So now it's from what I've gathered from it, it's like an Elvis looking dude who kills a bunch of people with a guitar, or at least that's what I see. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> what I like to kind of give the elevator pitch. Yeah. Is the, give me what? the elevator pitch. <laughs> it's like, well, and, and I know the writer has a different one, but mine is like Captain EO, meets uh Mad Max and if Max was played by Chuck Berry, that's what you would have in the guitarist. So it's sort of, yeah, this rock and roll fantasy epic.
1: Well, I'm in. I'm in. I, li- I like that. Fantastic. <laughs> Captain EO has gotta be the the like if you go to Disneyland and you didn't sit through Captain EO, you have to. Like it's an experience yeah. all its own, you know? It's a rite of passage. It is. It is. So you've got this this uh, this one coming out. Um, you sent me a couple pages to look at, some preview pages. No dialogue on them yet. Mm-hmm. Now I believe I saw some ninjas and some Vikings. Am I am I right on this? <laughs>
2: you are right in that it's it's going to be kind of batshit crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm working on it with a guy named C.W. Cook. He's okay. a Writer. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. He he did a book called Solitary that came out last year from uh, Devil's Due. Uh, he's got a couple other things coming out. He's doing the Joan of Arc book for um, Big Dog Inc. Hmm. So he's he's got a lot in the in the cam, which is pretty cool. And we kind of just get together and talk about all the insane stuff that we can come up with and sort of throw it in there. So it's a it's kind of a melting pot of, <laughs> of crazy shit. Well, you know, looking
1: at looking at it, I, I'm a I'm a big kind of like cartoon fan. Like I love cartooning. I'm going to say if. If I had to pick a style of of comic book art, if it if it falls towards cartoony, it's on the good spectrum for me. Like that's that's sure. the kind of stuff I like. And yes. so I really dig, I really kind of dig the real kind of cartooning work that's going into this. Um and it's it works for how, at least for the pages you showed me and what you've kind of said here, the the batshit craziness of it. Mm-hmm. Um that it looked really rad. The coloring, there's one page where you showed me where, like, he's, like, melting people with his guitar. Yeah. And the colors were, the colors on that page were fantastic. It just looked, it looked gorgeous.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's the guy named Jeremy Kahn, which we have along on the crazy train with us, who's who's doing a kick-ass job on it.
1: Awesome. So, is the, the book's all finished and you guys are set to kickstart it, or are you guys still in the process of wrapping it up while the Kickstarter's gonna happen?
2: Yeah, we're, we'll have about a quarter of it done. It's gonna be about a hundred pages. Ooh graphic novel so we got about a quarter of it done um cw's written the whole thing that that guy's got his shit together (laughs) us artists we rarely ever do so i've got about a quarter of it done Uh, but it's going really well and uh, we actually started it uh, in a completely different style i was doing more of uh, trying to do this you know traditional comic style which I, i never quite mastered and I had been doing some storyboard stuff and working on some animation pitches with an agent. And so that's how the idea to use that more kind of cartoony animated style came about. And with all of the insanity that we're throwing in this book, it yeah. just to work really well with that style.
1: Well, you know what? I, from what I saw, I really, I really kind of enjoyed the wackiness of it. And I, like I said, I really, I really kind of dig the cartoony work of it. So, mm-hmm. how did you guys get? How did you and uh, CW get hooked up together? How did you guys? Uh, how did you guys meet to to do this book?
2: Oh man, it was years ago. You know, the the funny thing about the internet now is you have all of these friends all over the world who you've never actually met Yeah, face. Yeah. face. Like nobody you know is actually real. I mean, he could be like a forty five your old woman with emphysema for all. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure he's not, but... The power uh, of the internet, man. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic. So you get to hook up with these creators who otherwise you may never meet and never work with. And we um, we were part of a collective that was years ago that was being put together by this guy. And he was looking to do his own comic book universe, which just never went and, and kind of folded before uh, he got going with it. But CW and I were both members of that. I think that's where we ended up meeting. <laughs> and and then we kind of started talking on the side and realizing, you know, a lot of our interests like, you know, Madman by Mike Allred and, uh-huh. and, you know, Crazy Spaghetti Westerns. A lot of our interests were really uh, uh, similar. So we decided we wanted to do something together. And this has been in the making for couple years, and now we're actually getting to do it, which is really cool. Awesome.
1: So uh, how did you guys get hooked up with Underbelly? I, I you know, a Canadian, a Canadian publisher,
2: yeah. uh,
1: you know, <laughs> I, you know, they oh, must really right. uh, <laughs> they must be really polite. They must be really polite.
2: Oh, yeah. I was going to say, none of the Americans would have us. We had to go to the North where they went,
1: okay. Yeah, we can do that, you know. <laughs> you're all right. Uh, having been from – having having grown up in Michigan, like next-door neighbors with Canada, they are awfully polite. They are awfully polite.
2: They are, which is, you know, on one hand, it's nice to have a comic book company who wants you, and on the other hand, you're going, do they just accept every snow you that goes, here's a book. Uh, so how would you guys get hooked up with that? How that, how'd that work out for you guys? Well, CW and I, I mean, just pretty much like everybody else in the comics industry, we were sending our pitches everywhere. Yeah. And getting turned down everywhere. And, uh, you know, we're just pertinacious, pig-headed assholes, (laughs) not going to give up. And Underbelly was on board from the get-go. Awesome. Yeah, and... They they actually accepted it even when it was in, in the older style which w- looked really shitty but <laughs> they were totally I mean I think they dug the story and the concept and so they were they were on board and they're letting us do it exactly how we want to which is which is very cool.
1: So um, you said when I had talked to you earlier we kind of went back and forth in email and stuff and you said that the Kickstarter is looking to start in about a in about a month or so is that what it looks like?
2: We're hoping yeah the. Um, the pages and all of the stuff, all the materials that we want for the Kickstarter are just about in the can. So okay. we're, we're hoping um, – Underbelly is kind of ready when we are sort of deal. So okay. as soon as we deliver the goods, they're ready to go. And so, yeah, we're hoping for next month, maybe the next month, beginning of May, um, somewhere around there we'll get the Kickstarter going for it. And all of you beautiful people out there in Radio <laughs> Land can get in on the ground floor.
1: Well, awesome. So,
2: so let me ask you
1: this: You you said that you, you know, being an indie comic creator, you've got to send your stuff out to everybody or, or self publish. What's it? You, you kind of said that you'd been. You know, people had said no. How do you how do you keep going when when that's when that's the case? What what's your drive to keep moving with this? I mean, for other artists out there who don't yet have something in the works, what yeah. what kind of advice can you give to them out there?
2: Drink a lot and grow a thick skin. All right. <laughs> um, no. no, you know, I, I think like most creators, you know, and I've talked to a ton of guys that I've worked with about this and other writers that I know, and it's 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 going to sound really cliche probably, but it's just something you have to do. And, you know, I feel like if you're ready to give up after a couple rejections, well, it's probably not something you really want to do. And I think for most people out there, artists and writers, you know, painters, musicians, everybody, that the, the whole idea is just... Doing it and putting it out there, getting your work down on the page, out to the people, however that's possible. And so a rejection, one rejection, two rejection, two thousand rejections, <laughs> that's not going to stop you. And so I've been at it for a long time, and um, you know just starting to kind of make some headway, which is nice. Awesome. So uh, Alex, I, you
1: you have got another another piece of work that's out there called uh, Decades of Inexperience.
2: Yeah. So it's.
1: It's not quite. It's not sequential art in the in the in the vein of comic books, but it's it's does have it's got some illustration work with it. How would you explain uh, the format of of decades of inexperience?
2: <laughs> my my wife kind of asked that when I was first starting, and the best uh, description I could give is um, <clears throat> illustrated serialized flash fiction. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it sort of harkens back to. I, I got the idea. Um, so Antics Press is the publisher that's, yeah. that's put, put, putting it out and um, the head over there is a guy named Francis who's a really cool guy great editor and we had been kicking around ideas and I think initially he wanted a more traditional comic and I had been kind of focusing more on writing and doing short stories and we you know, were sort of trying to find a, a middle ground there and I kind of went back to the Will Eisner sort of graphic Novel concept where it wasn't necessarily panel to panel, wasn't there necessarily sequential. It was the words and the art sort of interacting together, and we came up with this sort of vertical format that it's in now, um, and and it seemed to work out really well. And and the, uh, the the illustrations, you know, serve to move whatever piece is going on forward. And uh, so we, we finally kind of settled on that, and it was a format that we liked.
1: You know, I, I, read through it. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's kind of like this. It's kind of, it reads like a diary comic, right? It, it kind of yeah. it, it reads diary. I mean, there's a, like you said, there's less, uh, it's less sequential art, but more sequential storytelling, but like every day it's not necessarily a continuation of the story. I mean, it's the same character. It's the same sort of concept, but yeah. it's not like, it's not like uh, a web comic where every day is the next panel, right? There, there's some right. space in between the storytelling.
2: Yeah. That was the idea is, is, it is chronological but it's not like you said it's not serial it's not you know every week is not the continuation of the of the week before it's it's a progression with this character and kind of the um you know, the hole that he's dug for himself. And so it, we want it to read, especially right now when you're starting to try to go out and find readers, we're trying to make each one stand alone. So anybody could come in regardless of whether or not they've checked the archives, decades of inexperience, wordpress.com. Um, Mm -hmm. Then they could just jump in and, and pick it up and get to know the characters.
1: And, and you know what? I, I picked up – I read the very – so when uh, when I looked at – when I was looking at it online, I read the very – like uh, the one that's posted live right now. Uh-huh. I, didn't, I read that one first. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go back and, and dig back and, and read through it. And it was a – it's a fun little read. I really like getting through it. I'm kind of – I'm looking forward to seeing what happens on and off. So the main character is uh, – is it Luke? Is Luke Carlin, right? Luke
2: Carlin, yeah. And- so – <laughs> there was literally no more thought into that than Luke Skywalker and George Carlin.
1: I was going to say, I was, I was going to ask if it was if it was George Carlin <laughs> was your thought process on that. Yeah,
2: it totally was. And, and, you know, it's funny because I, I just hate the idea of sitting there and thinking of names. And so I generally tend to come up with them very quickly. But, you know, it works for this guy, so... So I I was wondering, where does your
1: uh, what kind of influence do you have for a work like Decades of Inexperience? It feels a lot like a diary comic, Mm -hmm. but it's is it how autobiographical is the story of Luke?
2: Um, It's definitely semi autobiographical. Uh, I like to think of Luke. um, So I'm I'm 35. Luke is 34. But I like to think of Luke as me at 29. Okay. you know, finding yourself in this place of adulthood, but not really being an adult and kind of trying to navigate those tumultuous waters a bit. And, um, so I, I had been reading a lot of stuff by like, um, uh, you know, Selby Hubert Selby jr and Dennis Johnson and Richard price and John Fonte and so like older novelists, sort of the, uh, the, the realism novelists. And I really loved that emotion and that relatability to those stories, you know, it's not these extravagant, highfalutin fantasies. It's it's just real life. And yeah, it's
1: so d- it, it does read, you know, like a, like a you know, it's a real life kind of like average Joe kind of guy, a little down yeah. on his luck. It reminds me. I mean, if if I could like. American Elf, if but it's not an elf, you know what I mean, like. Yeah, so... <laughs> I,
2: yeah, I love James Kachaka, and uh, it's definitely also inspired by a lot of the indie guys that I discovered kind of in my twenties, like Joe Matt who does Peep Show, or uh, uh, Seth who does Palookaville. Yeah. You know, there's obviously like Harvey Pekar who does American Splendor, and uh, you know, a lot of those guys um, discovering their work definitely pushed me towards that as well.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you something, and this this might be depending on on your on your on yourself, this might be inflammatory or not. It, it's a little <laughs> it. it's a little it reminds me of uh it it's like if there was a web comic about Dante from Clerks almost if that if that makes sense like yeah there's <laughs>
2: there's,
1: yeah, there's like I mean, a it's, sorry uh, there's like a real sort of like Kevin Smith kind of like uh, lovable loser kind of like character who's in the middle of it all.
2: Yeah, and I think you know, like a lot of the novelists that I was mentioning and the and the, the underground cartoonist yeah. guys strove for that as well because you can't just have an asshole who's a fucking asshole all the time because I don't want to read that. Yeah, so you've got to have you know some aspects of this character that people can either empathize with or you know maybe sympathize with that character a little bit or feel bad for them. So yeah, I think that's that's a fair thing to say because clerks, you know, when when Kevin Smith made that, he was still you know writing well. So <laughs> I think he was definitely a little more connected to uh, that side of life. And, and I yeah. love clerks, so that's not inflammatory at all.
1: All right. I would like I was I was talking to my wife about it before the show. And I said, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of clerks. And she's like, you should ask him what his influences are before you tell him it reminds <laughs> you of clerks, because maybe he's not going to like that. It reminds him of clerks.
2: No. And, and, you know, I think with any kind of art, if it reminds you of it, then then it's there, regardless of what. My intention, yeah. my my influence was. If that's what it reminds you of, then it's obviously there, and, and it's certainly a part of my artistic trajectory. Is you know the first couple uh, Kevin Smith movies, so I'm sure that's ingrained in the DNA somewhere. <laughs> um.
1: So what are what? So you said you might go ahead and uh, there's thought of maybe a a print collection of it. What's your? I guess yeah. what's your time frame? What? How long do you want to? I mean, some of these web comics have been around. Forever, right? So yeah. What's what's your trajectory on this? What are your what are your plans for decades of inexperience?
2: Well, we're in the sixth month now, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but it's gone pretty quickly. Yeah. So, so I think we're thinking maybe maybe the six month mark, maybe a year or so. What we're doing is we're looking into possibly um, partnering with a little more of an established publisher and putting that together. So we're, it'll be – and then the way that it's going to be collected is what I like to call kind of an adult picture book. Yeah. So so it's not going to be the vertical format obviously because that would have to be uh, reduced probably to the point where it's not readable anymore. Yeah. Um, so I've been setting them up sort of each – um installment every week is about four pages of this you know sort of adult picture book because it's certainly not for children
1: no no definitely not there's too much drinking and masturbation to be a children's <laughs> yeah, book yeah.
2: <laughs> definitely definitely um so that's pretty much what the the comic runs on is drinking and masturbation <laughs> well
1: that's what america runs on i think yeah I'm i think sure. it's relatable
2: that's what i'm saying <laughs> so
1: you've got you've got the guitars you're working on you've got decades of an experience you're doing what uh, else you got what else you got going on man
2: um, well, there's, an, there's another project kind of in the works with another writer that I don't want to talk too much about. Okay, <laughs> uh, I understand. But, but it's sort of it's sort of a throwback to like Zap Comics, okay, R. Crum and stuff. So really going for that, I guess underground. I hate using that word, but but that sort of feel, the alternative feel a little bit. Uh, yeah. And on that, um, th- there's some animation projects possibly um, in, in the offing. And, and then some sort of just illustration work that I've been working on for some magazines and stuff too but definitely going forward with a guitarist and decades of inexperience experience is gonna keep going until I, I have no more drinking or masturbation stories to tell <laughs> which I doubt that will ever run out of fuel um, yeah and then and then some yeah some more comic stuff and and maybe some more writing uh, products as well
1: so how do you how do you as a as an artist how do you draw how do you juggle I guess as an artist like you're I, you're like a renaissance man, Alex. I, I, I found some poetry of yours. I found some, you know, some short stories, it, yeah. uh, it said you're, you're working on like a novel. You've got yeah. this going on. How do you juggle it all, man? What, what do you? When do you sleep? When do you
2: sleep? Well, Josh, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's it's a tough balance, man, because I I work a full time job too, so it, it's just about. And I'm terrible i'm I'm like one of the least organized people in the entire world, but <laughs> but you have to do that. You have to carve out that time and you have to you know guard it to the death. You just have to make sure that even for five minutes a day you're you're planting your ass in the chair and putting something down on the page. And as long as you do that, you know it, it may not come automatically. it may not. Come quickly, but you will have something produced at some point. And you know, because yeah, you have to make time. Like I said, I'm married. Uh, You know, I love spending time with my wife, so we need to do that. And I have a ton of other projects, and I have a day job, so yeah, it's definitely a juggling act. And um, you just have to work at it.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you said you said earlier like it if If a little bit of if something getting in your way is going to stop you, then maybe maybe it's not for you and it seems like you're kind of you're plugging away at, at at kind of making all this happen and you know, that's that's really cool to see as someone who's like a, a, a lover of comic books. And I, I call myself like a professional doodler because that's all I got. Right. Like
2: <laughs> I, am. That's what I call myself
1: <laughs> like I love to doodle. And there's there's kind of this this thought process for me like, yeah, you know, maybe I could maybe I could do something. And then for me, it's like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know that I want to carve out the time. And so whenever I see someone doing it, you know, on top of on top of the day job, on on top of like family stuff, you know, like, like kudos, man, you're, you're, you're doing what, what a lot of people I think wish, uh, regardless of, you know, how much you've got out there, I think you're doing what a lot of people wish they could do.
2: Yeah. Thanks man. Um, yeah. And a lot of it, it can be attributed to just networking too. I mean, it, it is putting in the work and getting, you know, something to show people. Cause obviously networking isn't going to mean a fucking thing if you don't yeah. have anything to, to put online, but you know, I had the opportunity to live in the Bay Area for a little while, and I was involved with, like, the Cartoon Art Museum up there, which is very cool. If nobody out there has ever gone, you should go check it out. Um, the National Cartoon Society up there. I went to conventions with them and met just a, a ton of publishers. So that's a lot of what it is, too. It's, you know, it's multifaceted. It's a it's a fucking hydra, and you <laughs> have to you have to kind of battle all the heads at the same time. Yeah. But, I was... Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead no I just to but but that's that's what it takes I guess yeah so as you're
1: um, as you're getting yourself out there as an independent comic artist as an independent artist uh, as an independent writer uh, what what are you what are you doing to to you said you're doing some networking you used to go around at these convention stuff what do you what do you do aside from Twitter that's how you and I got got together to talk about all this what yeah. are you doing out there how do you market your stuff what, what are you doing to get it out there
2: Oh, I am such a bad person to ask about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible. You know, I'm one of those people who who hates talking about themselves. Despite the past, you know, 25 minutes, I, I really do not like talking about myself. So I'm I'm pretty bad when it comes to marketing. But I have some friends who are really good at it. I've I've been introduced to an agent, like I sort of mentioned before. And having somebody to advocate for you is great. And I know not everybody has that. So yeah, just getting uh, you know yourself on. Pretty much every social media platform because there's just a metric shit ton of them at this there point. There are. And, you know, you got to get yourself on all of them, I guess. You know, get yourself on Instagram, get yourself on Tumblr, get your – definitely get a website. That That's one of the biggest things is having a personal website too or at least a portfolio site. Yeah. Um, and get involved with groups. There's, there's tons of writers and artist groups. I mean just on Facebook, but there's um, a lot – just scattered throughout the web and getting out there and you know a lot of those people will even have advice and and have a, other avenues to explore so uh, there's plenty of channels to go through to to get your work and your name out there you just have to do some digging well awesome man well i'm going to tell you what i'm
1: looking forward to uh to that kickstarter coming out for guitarist i'm definitely going to back the guitarist on kickstarter Thanks, man. uh i've got i've got uh, decades of inexperience bookmarked so I can go check every Friday is that when it updates
2: awesome yeah every Friday um, it's usually up by about 3pm uh, Pacific so it's, it's every Friday um, we haven't missed one yet so hopefully we're not going to start <laughs> and yeah hopefully we'll have that in a collection at some point in the near future too but well, definitely go to anticspress.com every Friday
1: awesome so uh, Alex is there anything else you want to plug before we, we before we wrap up here anything else you want to talk about
2: um i think you covered it all man you're you you did your research i appreciate that
1: i i try man i try all
2: but, right so you oh, can oh, but you can go to alex and see some you know works in progress and some uh past work as well
1: all right i was just going to plug the twitter so they can find you at aj schumacher art and they can probably yeah. find all the links to everything you've talked about there if they're if they're on the twitter um you can go check out decades of inexperience i'm going to tell you to go read it uh it's like a nice i kind of I don't know how I'm gonna deal with waiting for Fridays now, man. I like spent huh. I spent my uh, I spent a day over the uh, like on Saturday. Just I sat down, I broke out my iPad, and I read through it, and I was like, "That's pretty good." So now I've got to wait. I've got to be a weekly reader. It's tough not trade waiting, you know. <laughs> no,
2: that, that's good. Though. That's that's what we want. We want people hanging on and you know chomping at the bit. Awesome. So I, I appreciate you saying
1: that. Hey, thanks, Alex. Alex, it was it's awesome to have you on the show. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, And thanks for being on, man. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was our interview with uh, Alex Schumacher. Don't forget you can find him on Twitter at AJ Schumacher Art. Go check him out. Go check out Decades of an Experience. I'm going to tweet out when the guitarist –
0: Don't put Jay Schumacher in there. Otherwise, you'll be tweeting Joel Schumacher.
1: No, it's A.J. Schumacher. A.J. Schumacher. So, so we <laughs> don't. what if you want to talk to him about Batman? You're yes, sad yes. about Batman v Superman. I'm sure so A.J.
0: will talk to you about Batman as well, if you tweet him about Batman. He
1: might. He might. So, go check him out uh, and uh, go check out his Twitter. And once that uh, Kickstarter hits for the guitarist, I'll pimp that out so you guys can check it out. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm definitely backing it because it just looks ridiculously zany, uh, the colors I dug on it. So, uh, it should be pretty good. So... Travis, we got anything
0: else jammed into the show today? Nope. We just got another sweet show coming up this week. We'll drop down. It's going to be us talking about Man versus about. Superman. And we're gonna bring in some classic Batman and Superman stories uh, to uh, discuss as well. So yeah, in
1: preparation, you and I read, uh, you and I read The Dark Knight Returns, and well, we re- reread Dark Knight Returns and uh, Death the of Death Simula. of Superman. Yeah. So we read those in preparation, so we could talk about Batman v Superman: Dawn of Courtroom Drama, yeah. and uh, that that's the game plan. That's the next one we're gonna drop. Uh, we're gonna drop. What's the next uh, comic book club book?
0: Uh, we can talk ride. about that off air. We could talk we could def, we're definitely going to need to talk about that off air.
1: All right. All right. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will see you next trade.